0: Welcome to the M Sisters podcast. You're here today with your hosts, Anna and Maria Setting, bringing your favorite twin talk of the week. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the beauty and wonder of nature. And we're going to explain, just give a little tips of how to live a better life, more sustainably and more friendly to the environment. And as well, talk about our relation to earth in general, how we create our relationship to it, the stories we tell about it, and how humans interact with this planet we're living. Mm-hmm. And I think in the last few days, the last week, many people were talking about environmentalism and how to take care of planet Earth because it was Earth Day. But I think it's important to reflect on this topic, not only during one day or one week, but actually every day and always, because this is the planet that we are living. And it provides everything we need, and we should be aware that what about what we are doing here and how we can contribute to a better uh, environment to everyone—not only humans, but also our animals, plants, and the ecosystems all over the world. Right? That's right. And I think it's important because um, there are so many species and animals and plants and everything coexisting in this earth but human beings are really responsible for a lot of the damage that exists yeah. nowadays so it's important to think about our responsibility as the human kind you know mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember a talk that Yuval Harari had with Natalie Portman a few years ago and I think it's interesting when they mentioned that human beings they are this uh, powerful species because. Um, we are able to create narratives and things that are um, that are not our own reality. We can create stories and we can create things that are not uh, real. So we were able to build this huge societies and cooperate with each other. And even like the narrative of money, what is money? A piece of paper? We have to trust and this ability to trust and, you know, create this, Um, And ancestry, common ancestry, for example, oh, we both come from the same family, we're brothers and sisters, so we trust each other, even though they don't know each other. It's something that is unique for human beings. So this allowed us to be extremely powerful and impact the life of everyone around us, all animals and all, you know, the environment itself. And I think because we have such a, I um. Um, a huge amount of power in our hands we have to be really uh, careful about it and also really aware of what it is causing to the planet itself yes but the beautiful part in it is that this capacity of storytelling this capacity of abstraction and thinking possibilities instead of just reality what's going on in this present moment is that we can look ahead and we can look in our at our present and think about future possibilities. So if something is not going right, we can think of ways to improve that. And we can, if we cause problems or you know, bad situations right now, we can also think of solutions. And this abstraction part also goes into how we interact with nature and also the creations of, for example, divinity around nature, you know. Because, like I was telling you yesterday, because I was thinking like, oh, animals don't stop to contemplate nature because they simply are part of nature. So I was even saying, like, for example, a bird won't stop flying to watch the sunset, you know, like we do. We stop walking or we stopped our way to appreciate the sunset and see the colors and all those things. But... Because those animals simply are, they are part of nature. And human beings, we kind of create the separation from it. But at the same time, because we have the separation, um, culturally, we could see nature as divinity. We could see nature as, later on, as like expression of our own capacity to think about divinity as well. Because like in the past, literally like mountains were Rep- the, like the gods would live in the mountains or the spirits would live in the mountains, certain places, like in Asia, it's pretty common. or in Hawaii, they would uh, like honor the volcanoes and all those things. But later on, we just have this feeling of connection to something bigger than us by contemplating nature. So if you see some beautiful, breathtaking view, You feel like this connection to something bigger than yourself. But like you were saying, this is all part of being human because other animals, they don't experience that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important to mention that because we don't see planet Earth as just a huge ball of fire with water, Earth, and atmosphere. You know, it is much more than that. It's not only its physicality. It's everything we put into it. It's the spirituality. It's the mystery is the tales and stories, is the people who live here and the animals and the plants. And I think it's really easy for us to, as um, to, you know, back in the days as a society, to think about deities connected to nature because they are so powerful and unexplainable, many unexplainable events. For example, imagine if you don't really know how a thunderstorms happen, And suddenly a lightning comes down and crashes into a tree and everything is burning. You know, it's like, oh, my goodness, the gods must be infuriated. And I think it's so important because this also gives people this um, magical atmosphere to it, you know, and but it's also a form of almost like. Um, containing their own behavior you know if we don't behave in a good way that is accepted in this small society that we're living the gods are going to be really mad at us so I think it's interesting how they connect all these points of like social control with gods and goddesses and nature itself as the container of all this it's really interesting and I was even thinking like in because like you said, like the lightning comes down and fire starts burning. This You think about like primitive societies and, but even like in what is considered civilized societies, like the Roman empire, they used to, when they went to a new place to build a city, they would build a place that is called the umbilicus, like the belly button, you know, the center of the place. And they would sacrifice things for the earth. So like, here's the, the starting point of the city. So we honor and we give you this, so let us build our place. And even I saw, I think in Scotland, in the past, they used to sacrifice someone before building a house. So they would bury the person on the ground, like a, an offering. So please don't destroy our house. And like, it's crazy how things happen. And it's not only in one place, you know, in various places, those things happen, like those human offerings, even sometimes animal offerings, but just like, this exchange with nature because like in ancient times people knew the power of nature, you know, like an earthquake could demolish everything around us. And because we didn't have like technology or ways to avoid it or to we can't avoid it right now even, right? We can just like contain the the aftershock, you know, or build our stuff in a way that it's not gonna crumble. But yeah, it's really interesting how in the past you kind of deal with that, maybe in a psychological level, is like this trading aspect with nature. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because nowadays, if you knew there was a body uh, buried beneath your house, you would be freaking out. <laughs> yeah, the spirit is haunting the house. Yes, there is a spirit here called the yeah. priest to exercise. Yeah, it would be something really, really different. Yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, I think it's really interesting how we can create all the stories around nature. And somehow it allowed us to respect nature more and be aware that it is, if we're taking something, we should do something in return. We should retribute with a kind of offering, not like a human life or an animal life, but, you know, be respectful and not only like exploiting what nature has to give to us. Um, so I think it's also important for us to talk about nowadays, right? Um, even though we have lost some of this connection to modern, Mother Earth, um, when we start becoming aware that it is a living being, the planet Earth, for me, it's, it's a living being, and we are, like, cohabiting this place with other beings, and... Having this connection back and being aware that we are only part of this. We're not, you know, controlling and kings and queens of all this. It's, it's not like a land that we should conquer. It's something that we should respect and just, you know, be grateful to be here. Um, lead us to be a little more conscious about what we do and what we use and how we live, actually. I think for people who doubt the power of nature, they can just think about the possibility. Looking back, what we were saying about the story, you can just think, you don't need to do think about you in the middle of a jungle. Would you survive? <laughs> you know, I wouldn't, I'm pretty sure. So just imagining the situation, you can be more respectful towards the environment, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so what do you think are the most important things or The first steps that someone should take in order to be a little more environmentally friendly. Mm. There are so many things in our Mm -hmm. daily life that we don't think about. Um, For example, even like closing the tap when you're not using the water. It's simple, very simple, like brush your teeth, close it, you know. Um, But also many choices you make, like the food you eat, it impacts a lot the environment in many levels. So it can be from choosing products that is, you know, cultivated near you and you also help like small farmers and the community around you because the carbon imprint is going to be much lower than if you keep buying, you know, you want your avocado toast and you live in the other side of the world. You know, that's not very sustainable even though once in a while we do crave those things. But maybe it shouldn't be part of everyday life if it's not locally produced. And the way, for example, if you the choices of food you have. So if you choose to live a vegan lifestyle or a vegetarian lifestyle, your carbon footprint is going to be much lesser as well. Even if you don't care much for the animals, even though you should, <laughs> you know, if you just care about the environment, that's another thing Mm -hmm. and uh, that's that leads us to um um you know some people they don't call themselves vegan or vegetarian they only say like a plant-based diet Mm -hmm. in my case i don't really agree with that i mean some people they they do that because they don't want to associate themselves with all the connotations that come with being a vegan or the activism behind it But I think it's important, you know, like someone has to spread the message. Um, I do agree that sometimes the message can be a little rough and people are not, they don't want to see that. They're not, some people are not ready to see that, but it's almost like living blindly if you don't know what's happening. So, yeah, I believe we should talk about this more openly. And, you know, if someone asks you, why are you this or that? (laughs) Are you vegetarian? Are you vegan? I think it's pretty um, important to explain. Of course, I think with pasture phases, we are a little more aggressive. Some others that we are less. Uh, But throughout time, I've learned how to express myself a little better and make people understand. I mean, some people have even tried to become vegetarians after we talked for a while. So it's important, you know, if um, if you are a vegetarian or vegan, try to make other people understand the cause, you know. Even though they may not be willing to to see all the suffering behind it, but yeah, <laughs> but the levels of aggressiveness <laughs> have changed. Because I remember <laughs> fourteen year old me, I was an angry person, and I was like, "You're eating a corpse," you know. <laughs> so I, I I learned that this approach does not work. You know, people feel like they're personally attacked so they yeah. won't do anything they'll just like fight you back and start saying hideous things to you and making fun of your lifestyle even though you're trying to make the best you can but yeah but nowadays it's more like really trying to teach people and just open their eyes so everyone can make their own decision if they after being aware of what's going on in the farming I mean in the For example, milk industry and the meat industry and all those things, how those animals are treated and how this is impacting the environment in general. I mean, if they want to continue with with their lifestyles, okay. but at least now they are aware and it's a choice, not something that is blindly imposed on them as well. And I think it's interesting how some people, they think about young people who become vegan or vegetarian and they think they're in this fantasy world just being you know different and against everything but actually those people who don't care they are actually living in the fantasy because they don't want to see the reality in anything they don't want to see the reality on the meat industry they don't want to see the reality for example the clothing industry they don't want to see the reality on like childhood labor you know and then we are the crazy ones living in a utopic world i don't think so (laughs) But also, like, some, even young people, they're just like, but I'm going to miss the taste of this, you know? Like, I don't think it can live without tarera, you know? And I just think this is so selfish, I don't know, you know? A little bit, for me. I feel it's a little, you know, I think people have their priorities, you know, for me, it is not a priority for me, you know, to what, taste something that say? I used to like, so um on the time vi- they're not open to new things because once you go vegan you like the amount of recipes and beautiful things you learn is just amazing so actually people say ah oh, you, you like kind of restrict your life but actually you open doors to new things and bef- go ahead i would just say on the lines of veganism i think it's important to Like my sister was saying, support local brands and local stores. But also when you are shopping for other things like cosmetics or um, even like pharmaceuticals in general. If you find something that is vegan, it's better, I believe, because I'm really against testing in animals. So it's something that you should be aware of if if you also care about this. So choosing vegan brands is also something that... You can support the environment and also organic things, because they're not using lots of um, chemicals and toxins to on your on, on your food on on the the things that you're using. Yeah, and what I was going to say as well, I just think it's so insane that some people find, for example, some luxury brands they sell bags made out of crocodile skin or snake skin. And I just think this is so, you know,
1: it's almost like of-
0: some people find it, they buy it and it's so expensive just because it's something fancy, just because, you know, it's seen as something exclusive. But actually there's so much cruelty behind it that I, I just find it's horrible. And leather... There are so many vegan options. There is leather made out of pineapples and mushrooms and grape skin and so many other things, you know. So I think people just need to open their minds a little bit and stop even like fur. Some people still buy fur and this blows my mind because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree. And... Another thing that people can do if they are into being more environmentally friendly is become not, if you're, I mean, I wouldn't say completely minimalist because it's quite difficult for some people, but embrace the idea of minimalism. Uh, in our case here, we had to embrace it because we were traveling a lot and it was quite difficult to, you know, move around with lots of stuff. It's impossible, actually. <laughs> so our lives had to be reduced into like two suitcases. And that was it. And even now, I don't feel that I'm in a place where I can settle. I mean, I live in a dorm. <laughs> so no, of course I can't. But uh, this also makes me conscious of everything I buy. You know, I know if I buy something, I'll have to substitute another thing for this thing that I bought. It's not that I have I can have two of those <laughs> because there's no space. And it also makes me aware of the amount of things that we have and that actually we shouldn't be buying things that are not. I mean, I believe I prefer to buy less, really less, and something that will last longer than something that will last like very shortly, like one season or one year. I mean, one year for me is a short time <laughs> for you to see my my mindset, right? So yeah, something that lasts a long, long time, it's ideal and something that it's easy to to wear. I mean, that's why I think I, I never really bought any colorful clothes after a while. In the past three years, I think, no colorful clothes at all, because I know some people don't like it. They're like, you're always wearing black, but it's so much easier, I think. And maybe in the future, when I have a little more space, I can buy some things that are colorful. But now it's quite impossible, I think. Mm. I do like some colorful clothes sometimes, but I make them work, you know. So, but I agree. Statement pieces that last a very long time, those are the important ones. Also, I think it's cool to repurpose clothes. So, if you're, for example, last when I moved to this new place that I'm in, I didn't want some clothes because I had to carry a lot of things, not only my belongings, but also like, you know, have a sofa and this and that and it's too much to carry. So I gave my clothes to some friends that wanted them because they were in a really good state. I didn't want to throw them in the trash, you know, so you can just find people who like them if you get tired of them and you're like, oh, it's not my style anymore for sure other people will still enjoy that and i see my clothes on some friends and they rock it really beautifully you know and was like oh it looks great on you even though i didn't like them myself it looks amazing and i got some clothes from other friends so it's like exchanging and even like my mom gave me some clothes that when she was younger because it was so good quality i still use them even though it's like decades you know and I think that's wonderful. And I hope I have those kind of pieces that I can pass on to next generation instead mm-hmm. of buying like fast fashion that, you know, next month it has a hole and you have to throw away or like sew and wear your pajamas. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally agree. And I think you should try it really. And um, I think it's so funny because when I was trying to help my mom to, you know, separate some of her stuff, and just keep the things she really likes. I used to say, you, th- you have to think like Marie Kondo. <laughs> What brings you joy? You know, like what brings you, sp- how does she say? A like spark a, spark of, a yeah. spark of joy. Yeah. And she was just laughing at me. <laughs> but that's true. You know, if you have something that doesn't bring this sparkle of joy, probably it's not something that you really need. But choose a good day. Choose a day you have a good mood. Because if you're in a bad mood, you're going to throw your entire house out of the window. <laughs> Nothing brings me joy. <laughs> Nothing brings me joy. <laughs> Yeah. Do you have another tip for our listeners about how to live a more environmental friendly life? I'll say that's the most important tips on how to begin your journey on sustainability. I would also say, like, buy a shopping bag, you know oh yeah 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 because but that's we like can't of plastic course anymore. that's old story but girl every day you go to the supermarket people are still with those big you know plastic bags and i just bought a huge <laughs> like a very big like bag that is made of strong tissue actually it's for like tools to fix the house but i take that to the market and you can even does. use the ikea bag you know yeah, pretty big. Market, I saw hard. some people on the supermarket using the IKEA bag. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. what else? I think also instead of buying like plastic straw. containers, use the glass ones. They are easier to clean and metal straws, raise <laughs> metals, metal straws, metal razors. Everything that you throw away, usually you can substitute to something you can use for a long time. So you just yeah, have to pay attention. What am I throwing in my trash all the time? Mm-hmm. Probably you can substitute that. But I mean, in Japan, it's quite difficult to find stuff without packaging. They love to put packaging around everything. And it it's really hard. I really wish I could go to a store that, you know, you bring your own jar and you fill it up. But I haven't found a place like this here, which is really bad, but Well, we do what we can. Mm. The only place I know that is like this here in Seoul, if you're here listening, there is one lady, she's from the United States and she opened her like plastic free store. So you just take your own container and you buy the things. But the thing is, it doesn't have everything you need. It's just Mm -hmm. like, it's not like a supermarket, you know? So, but for example, I got the, the stainless steel razor there. It's really good. It works wonders, but be careful, it's really sharp. And but that thing is gonna last me for a lifetime, probably, you know. Yeah, so that's the talk. Mm-hmm. Um also moving on, I think we can talk about how we can connect to Mother Earth, right? Mm-hmm. Not only being friendly and trying to produce less garbage and trash, but like how we can <laughs> connect spiritually and Physically with Mother Earth. Um, I know. It's, it's funny because during the time I, w- I had to stay at home for a long time, I kind of reconnected with Mother Earth. Mm-hmm. Even though I was not going outside. Even though I was not like with a huge park around me. But I could reconnect to it on an e- inner level or almost spiritual level. Through, for example, meditation or guided meditation, where you go, you can even see like the spirit of Mother Earth if you are into it. Um, like I said, I believe it's a being. So I even call it Mother, she. So, and I believe this uh, feminine energy of Mother Earth is so powerful and it's really like the divine goddess itself in some ways because she's so nurturing and she provides everything we need but also so powerful. Do you want to comment on that, on the powerful part? Yeah, because, come on, Mother Earth, Mother Earth is really powerful. If you think about like the volcanoes that are in Iceland, isn't it? That just erupted. My gosh, it's out of this world. And you can see the lava coming from beneath, you know, and just like, flooding everything around and of course it's really dangerous so I think in those moments you realize the hidden power that it has and also like if we don't take climate change seriously if we don't take all those things that are going on seriously it's just like a very small demonstration of what can happen you know so mother earth is nurturing indeed very much mother earth is creative power so when you're lacking creativity you can connect to it but at the same time mother earth should be respected Mm -hmm. yeah i i have my own personal experience with that um oh yeah the last few months i guess was like two months ago or one month ago we had a pretty for me it was pretty big earthquake here and i had to go downstairs and you know everyone had to stay in the, the area here um outside the building because it was like no alerts of tsunami which was good but it was like so scared and I remember I was like you know when you when you have your belief sometimes you say like oh god help me but in my case I was like mother earth thank you for keeping me alive please protect me I know it's you please protect me (laughs) I had this powerful you know conversation with mother earth and I was so afraid but yeah but even the possibility of having a tsunami, because it's said oh, there was no sign of tsunami, but even the possibility, that's very scary. And I live really close to the ocean, so it's pretty scary, yeah. Um, but yeah, and I think it's interesting to think about the Mother Earth as a spirit itself. Uh, for example, in shamanism, it's really about a spirituality in connection with the Earth. And it's so beautiful and you just like symbols of animals and the nature itself. And every element of nature has its own spirit. So the spirit of the mountain, of the waterfall, of the lake, of everything. And it's so powerful and beautiful because we recognize that everything is alive. And it's not because it doesn't have a human face that we shouldn't recognize it as a being, right? Also, I think connecting to earth or a specific place you live nearby is really powerful to bring a sense of belonging to somewhere because you can recognize everything that went through that place and how much that earth, that ground sustained throughout history. And just like, even if you don't know who your ancestors were or any of those things, you can just like close your eyes and imagine like the connection because the land's still the same. And it's just like really deep ancient things if you think about it and as you we were saying shamanism at least in Latin America it's it's really beautiful they call it like mother earth father sky grandmother moon and grandfather sun so if you think about it all those elements are part of our lives and you can because they're called as mother father grandmother grandfather they're also part of our family if you think about it and they're also taking care of us. They're all necessary for our, our survival. And not it can be this lineage, like family, in a sense of humanity, but also in a personal sense, if you want to. And honestly, we wouldn't be here without any of them. Yes. So I think, like, Earth Day, even though, like you said, should be every day. And we should consider it in all decisions we make in our lives. Um, It's good that we have this day to make people stop and think about it. You know, I think some years ago, before the 70s, it would be crazy just to think about naming a day for the Earth. But nowadays, like, we know, I think it's kind of a shift in consciousness if you think about it, like slowly acknowledging our place, acknowledging how... Technology is important, but also the natural environment, it is much, much more, I think. Mm -hmm. And thank you very much for listening. And if you have any ideas on how we could have those small changes in our day-to-day lives and become more sustainable, please let us know. And also tell us what you are doing to contribute to the planet Earth and how to rebuild it and make it a better place for every being here and for the earth itself. And yes. so thank you very much for listening. And I hope to see you in the next episode. Please, if you're listening to us on the podcast, leave us a review. If you're listening to us on YouTube and you liked it, please leave us a like, share and subscribe. Um, and yeah, I hope to see you on the next video. Thank you so much. If you have any requests, of topic you want us to cover in the podcast please let us know as well in the the comment section and see you next week thank you so much and have a great week bye bye goodbye